pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the way that you've given to us so much. Lord, I thank you that we have the opportunity to give to you. We pray that that would just be used for your kingdom, for your glory. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I want to talk about hospitality today. I've already made that pretty clear. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And I was just, as I was thinking about hospitality, I was thinking about when we were younger. And I've got to say, I've had some pretty good examples of hospitality throughout my life. So if I think about uh, my mum and dad, they've always been hospitable people, most of the time. <laughs> but, you know, they've always made their house sort of open to people when they come. They might not always want people there, um, because you know how it is. We get a little bit tired and stuff. And yet at the same time, I would always know with my mum that hospitality was a high thing. Why? Because if I had a friend over, the very first question I got asked by my mum was when my friend was over there, have you offered them something to eat and drink? And I'm like, yes, mum. You know, roll my eyes. They taught us as we were young, you know, when we had guests over, that guys, kids, you hand out the Tim Tams and for that you can have a milk arrowroot. <laughs> While all the parents are eating Tim Tams, you're like, milk arrowroot. So like when you go to the barbecues and it's like sausages, kids, steak, parents. Horrible days. It's changed now, hasn't it? It's like, let's give everything to the kids and parents eat the scraps. But there's this heart that mum had that if someone entered through that front door, they should feel welcome. And even today, when people go around to mum and dad's house, uh, um, if I go there and visit for a cup of tea or something, they'll drop in, mum's all of a sudden scurrying to the cupboards and she's like getting out biscuits and cheese and, and whatever else she can find and wants to feed me up. You know, there was one stage when I was young and this was really mean, sorry mum. But I'd come home from holidays when I was at uni and mum's fussing over me so much, right? Because I am the best child and, you know, she loves me more than my other siblings. Not really. <laughs> but she's like, Neil, do you want this? Do you want that? And I said, mum, you're not my mum anymore. You're still my mother, but please, I've grown up. <laughs> Later I felt really bad about it, but, you know, it was that, that whole heart that mum had to just, love on me and it wasn't just because I was their son I've seen it with other people too that there's this this heart that if someone's in my house I'll look after them dad he'll get so excited and you know when people come over and next minute we're touring the property looking at all the fruit trees showing them the bees when he had them um, looking at all the plants and you know you might end up going away from dad's house with a plant very likely right yeah so you visit him so Everyone, if you want to plant the guy in the blue shirt, <laughs> go and visit him. <laughs> free plants. But also free fruit. Like he grows fruit and, and shares it with people. And, you know, he'll make, make you a mango smoothie or a banana smoothie and it'll be his great pleasure to do so. He'll, he'll love doing it. That's just their heart when people come over. And it's something that as I look through the scriptures, I can really see the emphasis that God puts on hospitality because it changes our lives. Um, you go away, you feel happy when someone welcomes you into their home and, and it's not necessarily just a home. It, it can just be into your life a little bit, you know, like hospitality can 
take place and it should be here at the church too, you know, that when people come in, it's like they just get so much that when they leave, they feel blessed. They're like, wow, you know, people were so kind there. They were, they were loving and generous to me. But it's one of those arts that seems to have been lost over the time. So when I looked up what hospitality was, I thought, oh, you know, I'll do a bit of a search. Hospitality, as mum said, Google's always right. Um, but guess what hospitality is? Hospitality is an industry. <laughs> if you look at anything, when you do that search, it's like up comes all these things, hospitality industry, hospitality course, hospitality, hospitality, nothing to do with the heart of a person, really. It's like how can I manipulate people to buy more, really, or to stay longer, or you know, spend more money in my shop? How can I be trained to make them feel welcome, which is a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with being trained in that way. But when we turn things that should be from the heart into things that are, I don't know, just not real, they're a way to get something, right? People in the hotel will welcome you and they'll be kind to you even when you complain because they want your money. They want you to stay longer, not because they're like, I just want you to have the best time here and that's in my heart. Sometimes it is. Don't get me wrong. And, and that's the way it is with so many things that we have in life, isn't it? That, that because of the way we think, the, the things that should be natural and of the heart are turned into processes. So with the church, for example, which is it's not a bad thing, we might have greeters and we might have you know, ways to make feel, people feel welcome. We might have a connection card to, to try and connect them into the life of the church. But in all honesty... And, and this could even go to discipleship. We have discipleship classes or pathways, and this is what we do. In all honesty, that's not real. There is real comes from it. Please listen very carefully to this, because otherwise you'll get it wrong. You'll say we shouldn't do any of those things. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is this, that all those things shouldn't emanate from a process. They should emanate from a relationship with the Heavenly Father who loved us so much, who has actually a time and a place for us to enter into this amazing feast with him, who, who wants us to be in relationship with him, and that should be what drives all those things in the church. You see, like something like discipleship is not a class. How did Jesus disciple the disciples? It was like, come, follow me. Spend time with me. Take time to sit with me. Listen to my teaching. See what I do. See how I live. And, and in all honesty, the best discipleship that we could have in this church is not a discipleship class. It would be every single person here saying, I am responsible to grow a young Christian. I'm responsible to make a connection and invite someone into my life. Now, you can only do the invitation. Please come. Come and see how I live for Jesus. Come and walk with me on this Jesus journey and let me grow you as we go. Isn't that real discipleship? Isn't real hospitality is not like, okay, I'm on the greeting team this week, so I'm going to be friendly this week. <laughs> Next week, 
I don't care about you. But, but isn't that true? I'm on the hospitality team, so this week I'm going to be generous and kind and loving people and seeing if their needs are met, but next week, forget it. <laughs> I'm too busy next week. I'm not on today. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? How we've sort of like outsourced all these things. We've outsourced hospitality. We've outsourced friendliness. We've outsourced discipleship. And it's like now, I don't need to do it because we've got a process in place. Process never beats true love and relationship. Never. I remember listening to the story of uh, a guy, he, he had this, this restaurant that he loved and he said it was, I don't know what it was, like Latvian or something, something crazy. His wife was from there and they used to go to this restaurant. And he said the food was amazing. It was the best food. Um, they'd go in there, it was authentic. And, but he said they didn't have the, the, the menus printed in English, the staff were rude and not very friendly, and the process of getting food was terrible um, if you weren't an insider. So I said, this is what I did. I, I would take my friends to this other restaurant, which I knew wasn't as good, which didn't have as good a quality stuff, but when they went there, they were made to feel welcome. They, they, they received a good enough meal, but they had fun. They felt comfortable. They felt as though their needs were being met, so to speak. And that's what it means when we start to walk in relationship. It's, it's not about the high quality of everything, that everything has to be perfect. Everything has to be wonderful. If our process isn't perfect, then we're going to lose people. No, we lose people because we don't connect with people. We lose people because we don't love people. We don't lose them because of the process that is manufactured is wrong. So hospitality is high. In fact, Jesus talked about it, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at that at the end, about welcoming people. But we're going to start with Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. And this is about the believers forming a community in the early, early days of the church. So just after the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit had come and filled everyone, and, and the, the believers begin to gather so, you know, after Peter preached on that day, it says 3,000 were baptised and added to the church in one day. Wow, we might need to make it bigger if that happened here. But this is what happened. The believers begin to form a community, and this is so important to, to listen to this because this is the way the believers grew the church, so to speak, because we all know that it's Jesus that grows the church, right? He is the one that builds it. But we are partakers in that. So here we go, Acts 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves, please note that word devoted, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, 
all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to the fellowship those who were being saved. So we see as part of this, this transformation that took place on the day of Pentecost, all of a sudden the believers were beginning to gather together. They were sharing meals in one another's homes. They were, they were spending time with each other. They were growing together. And so very much part of this, the growth of the church, was the fact that they, they first of all, they were devoted. They weren't just a bunch of people that said, you know, we'll gather together on a Sunday sometimes. We won't really put our heart and soul into this thing called Christianity. But they devoted themselves to the Word, to the Lord's Supper, to the, the teaching of the apostles, to prayer, and to gathering together to have meals in each other's homes and in the temple. They'd meet in the temple and in each other's homes. There's this real cry of the heart that came because the Holy Spirit had touched them and filled them that we need to love one another. We need to be in relationship with one another. It is so important. And if we boil down hospitality to its very base thing, you could basically say this is the friendly treatment of visitors and guests. Whether that's in your home, whether it's here, whether it's at your business, whether it's at the coffee shop, wherever it might be, and boils down to these two main ideas, to generosity and kindness. Are we generous and are we kind? Like, like when you read that there, it says they um, share their meals with great joy and generosity. There was kindness, there was joy in it, there was generosity in the sharing. In, in Revelation 3.20, Jesus talks about it and he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock here and open the door and I will come in and we will share a meal together. There's something amazing about this gathering together around food, around meals, sharing that time together where you can open up and talk about life, where you can be with each other and grow together. It's an invitation that, and this is what I love about this, it's not about Jesus being hospitable in that verse, is it? Uh, it's not up on the screen, guys, that one. Revelation 3.20. But it says, if, if I'm knocking, you open the door, who's coming in? Jesus is coming in to share a meal with us. In other words, it's us having inviting heart to him to come in. It's not like, I'll knock on the door, I'll open it, you come and have a meal with me. It's like, I will come in and we will have a meal together. That is the heart of hospitality. That, that it's about the other knocking on your door, you opening the door and them coming in and having a meal together or whatever it might be, a coffee together, a, a time together, a drink of water together. There's some amazing benefits of, of, uh, of hospitality. Hebrews 13, verse 1 to 2, we have that one. Is that there? Nope. There we are. Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. 
Maybe there's a stranger in here this morning. Maybe there's a stranger on the street that, that you feel to invite in. What if it was an angel? That's actually pretty amazing. <laughs> Something about it. Let's go to our next slide. Romans 12, 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. We should be eager to practice hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Can you see the attitude behind it? Can I ask you today, and me, <laughs> by the way, are you eager to practice hospitality? Is it, is it something that's in your heart? You're like, man, I really want to get to know people. I really want to love on people. And when they come over, are you joyful? Or is it like they come over and they're like, whoa, that was not that great. <laughs> I don't know if they actually really wanted me here. So these things must be in our heart, right, as Christians. This is not optional as a Christian. Hospitality. It's really not an option. It's like, come on guys, practice it. Jesus said to do it. We're meant to be doing it eagerly and cheerfully connecting with people, inviting them into our lives, and there's reasons behind it. I just wanted to share those with you today. What hospitality is and what it should be, all right? Because there's some things that we sometimes have that, that hold us back from being hospitable, isn't there? Have you ever had things that hold you back from being hospitable? One is your wife. <laughs> your wife. No, not really. Sometimes I've invited people over without telling Joe. It's not a good idea, guys. <laughs> but but what, number one, you have made your life so full you don't have time for anyone. Have you ever been like that? I'd love to have you over. Um, let's get together. Hey, how about you come over for dinner two years later? <laughs> hey. How about you come over for dinner? It'd be lovely to have you over one day. Four years later. Oh, you're leaving Darwin. <laughs> but, but that's true, isn't it? Don't we sometimes just allow the cares and the worries of this world, as, as Jesus talked about in his parable about the seed and the sower, to just crowd out our fruitfulness? It's like, oh, I'm just going to live for Jesus every day, but I don't have time for people. Whoa, wait a minute. The whole point of Jesus is people, isn't it? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. And the point of that was so that each one could be reconciled to God and to each other. It was about people. That might be one of the reasons why you are not being hospitable at the moment. Another one might be that you're so anxious and wound up because everything's not perfect in my house. You know, if I get people over, it has to be the perfect setting, the perfect mood, the perfect plates, the perfect meal. I have to have everything perfect. My house has to be spotless. Like, they should be able to actually eat off that floor if you're coming over. In fact, we might serve it on the floor. But, but so you focus so much on yourself, you're not thinking about the guest. Is everything perfect? Now, I'm not saying, of course, that we should have <laughs> skid marks in the toilet or anything like that, but 
you know, <laughs> we get the place presentable, tidy, we, we have it there. Has that been you sometimes? You're like, you know, I'd love to have people over, but my house is not perfect. I wish it was different. I wish it was more beautiful. What about this one? I wish it was bigger. I just don't have enough space for people. I need a bigger house to be hospitable. That's just not true. <laughs> and there's things that we can do that, that we, would help us to maybe be more hospitable. Number one is remember that any time that we are creating that space for people to come, it's so they can be themselves without risk of judgment. So when I have people over, when I invite them into the space that I'm in, it's not about fixing them. It's not about, you know, my next project is here. Please come over for dinner so I can fix you. But remember, it's about a place where someone can be open and honest and, and friendly. And what it does is start to deepen those existing relationships that you have. And it also creates space for those, those new ones to flourish. Because people need this. They need to feel important. They do. I, I do. They need to feel that they're cared for. I do. They need to feel that they're genuinely loved. How can you feel genuinely loved outside of relationship? It's good for you. You'll feel good about it, that's for sure. But it also does meet that basic need of connection with, with other people. Everybody needs connection. And to be honest, life is way too short to waste time feeling lonely, isn't it? Is there someone out there today feeling lonely? Maybe it's time for you to start inviting other people into your life as well. It's the key. Start inviting people into your life. Invite people into your space. Invite people into your world, especially young Christians, especially those people that can't pay you back. It builds trust and respect. You'll, you'll find that as you, you gather together, and, and one of the things I love, I do actually love being with people. can't say I always love people, but I do love being with them, and, and sometimes I find that just that whole thing of gathering with someone, you hear their story, you hear who they are, you hear their heart, all of a sudden it brings a different perspective. You look at people sometimes. There's, there's some people who will come to church and they look at everyone and go, oh, gee, they're all perfect. We make judgments or we make judgments because we are perfect and, and we're looking at someone else. No, we're not and we shouldn't. But do you know sometimes you come to church and you feel that way? I look at that family and look at them, they're amazing. And, and you know, I didn't know that, you know, 10 years ago they were hooked on cocaine or I didn't know that five years ago that they were, were deeply into pornography and, and, and couldn't control themselves. I didn't know that, that they were so depressed that they couldn't even wake up and get off the couch. I didn't you don't know that. But when you start to come together with people, you share life, you share stories, and you begin to see that everyone who has named Jesus Christ was a person that needed saving. Every single person needed Jesus Christ to come into their life and change the way things were. Every single one of them needed Jesus as the answer. And, and uh, was that, where was that on today? I heard that somewhere. I don't know. 
but Jesus is the answer. And today you might be sitting here going, I, I, don't, I can't fit in. They're all too perfect for me. You've got no idea. You've got no idea the story of people. The other people that are sitting here looking at, at people that, that maybe they're like, wow, look at them. And you judge because you don't know. Our hearts have to be drawn towards one another in love. They have to be open. And this is one of the big things that I, I know that God wants us to do. When you're being hospitable, offer refreshments, offer a drink. You can be hospitable to the people that come and work at your house. I love Bob sitting over here in his horrible Brisbane Lions shirt. Despicable. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, Bob working in the cafe, guys working on the concrete out there, brings out a coffee to them, pays for it, takes it out. Hospitality. When I was working as a contractor, whenever you rocked up to someone's house and they, they said, oh, would you like a coffee or a drink? How amazing did it make me feel? Really amazing, because I didn't have to work for about 10 minutes. <laughs> But there's something about the heart of someone who welcomes you in and does something just, when we go back to it, what was it? Kind? Kindness? Joyfulness? It's those sort of things that, that, that have shown the change of our heart. We're looking outside ourselves, we're being concerned about others and that's, that's what the Bible tells us to be. It says, don't just be interested in yourself, take an interest in others. And that doesn't mean be a busybody, but, but be interested in other people's lives. That's the other part of hospitality. The Bible says this, that we should be slow to, slow to speak, quick to listen. Hospitable people ask questions. They're interested in the other person. They're, they're like, hey, I want to know you. I also want you to know me. But I'm not going to dominate and, and give you my opinions all the time, but I'm going to let conversation flow. And I just want to encourage you, guys, because, because a lot of the time we, we think this, right? I don't know, I, I've thought this before. Sometimes you're like, I invite lots of people around, I never get invited back. I've thought it. I didn't say it's true. I just, you know, how you sometimes get Mr. You know, poor bugger me sort of thing, you know. But the point is this, that God has called us to be hospitable, especially if you have a gift of hospitality. It's quite likely that you'll never, ever receive the same amount of invitations that you give out because it's God's gift. And why does God give gifts to us? To serve the body, right? It's not about me. It's to serve the body. Each one of you is given a gift to serve others. And if you have that gift, that's your gift. Do it with all your heart. Invite people over all the time. Don't care if you get invited back. And that is something that Jesus said in Luke 14, verse 12 when he was invited to a, a banquet with a Pharisee, a house for dinner. Can we have that one up, please? 
Have I got that one in there? Luke 14, verse 12. Maybe not. Let me read it out. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or rich neighbours, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Now, I'm sure when Jesus said this, he was saying never, wasn't saying never invite your friends over. Don't have your family over for dinner ever. What he's saying is this. When you invite someone who can never pay you back, someone who you know can never pay you back, someone that you invite over just because you love them, not because you want to build a friendship with a certain couple or with certain people, which is fine. But there's no reward in that when we get something back. Jesus was pretty clear about that all through the Gospels, wasn't he? That, you know, if you're praying, don't go out onto the street corners and pray and let everyone see what you're doing. And he's saying, you've got no reward. You've already got it. You've seen people come past and say you're amazing. But do it in private so that your heavenly Father who sees all things will reward you openly. He says it with giving. He says, don't give, you know, and drop it in in front of everyone. Look what I've done. This is my giving. He says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. If people know about it, you've already got your reward. There's nothing wrong if people do know about it. But can you see what Jesus is saying here? That when we do things selflessly, when we invite people over selflessly, expecting nothing in return, the reward is in heaven. It's from our Heavenly Father. If we do it expecting back, then our reward is on earth because we've got our invitation back. Isn't that true? Or because, you know, we did it... You get what I'm saying, right? That there's people in the church, in the congregation, in your life that, that might be pensioners that could never have you over, that, that might be, have a disability that stops them being able to have you over. But how often is our hospitality extended to those who are beautiful and lovely and that we think we can get on with? It's just a question. And it hits my heart too. How often are we like that? The other thing that I want to encourage you to do is, is, is remember that it doesn't have to be anything amazing. It doesn't have to be the finest china. It can be paper plates and pizza. Because hospitality is not about the performance. It's about the heart. And I want this church to have that heart of hospitality. I do. And I know we need to move further in it. There's just been such a loss over the years and COVID did not help. There's no doubt about that. But we can't blame COVID. We can't actually blame anything as Christians for our state of heart and the way we act. We can't blame anything. We can't even blame the devil. We can't blame other people. We can't blame the government. We can't blame anyone for our state of heart. Because God has given us everything we need in this life. He's given us every spiritual blessing. He's given us everything we need to walk in faith and obedience to him everything we need and so this is where we have to start to look at ourselves and go where is it that my heart has drifted away from the things of God 
There might be a why behind it. There might be literally good reason for you to feel that way. But I just love the Bible. It encourages us to sing with joy. Like To the barren woman, sing with joy because you will have more children than the married one now. The ones that are desolate will have more children. Sing with joy. Break through. Take a stand against the devil. Take a stand against his work and move against him. When you don't feel like worshipping, worship with all your heart. When you don't feel like praying, pray so fervently that, that God sees that fervent heart. When you don't feel like having people over, push through and be obedient to God. Whatever God asks us to do is above what the world has said. It's above the circumstance that we've just been through. It's above our weariness that, that we're meant to continue on in obedience to God. And hospitality is one of those areas that we need to make sure that we, we press into. So important even that on, when Jesus was talking about the sheep and the goats in the final days, he, he, he separates them. He, he separates the sheep from the goats and, and he says, you guys who are sheep, you're coming in to the kingdom. You guys who are goats, you're not coming into the kingdom. And we could very easily be mistaken to think the ones that come into the kingdom, they're the ones who displayed the most spiritual gifts. They're the ones who preached the greatest messages. They're the ones who, who people looked at as the light, shining light of spirituality, but it's not that way at all. If we could just look at that, Matthew 25, 34 to 36. The ones on the right, they're the, the sheep in this story. The king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. Literally none of that is that you prayed for 10 hours a day. Literally, none of that is you knew the word back to front. Literally, none of that is that you had such an amazing spiritual gift. The separation was nothing to do with those things because all those things are very, very important. But unless those things move our heart towards people, they're a waste of time. And we know that with that love chapter. You know, if I could speak the tongues of angels, if I give my body to be burned, if I give away everything I have, if I prophesy, but without love, it's like all God's hearing is this big gong in his ear, gong, gong, gong. Fantastic. But when God says about the sheep, this, this is what he says. I was hungry. You fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. And then to take that a little bit further, the sheep stand there bewildered in front of the king and they're like going, when do we do that? 
I don't remember that day. I don't remember Jesus that you knocked on my door and you said you were hungry. Jesus, I don't remember the day you knocked on my door and you said you were thirsty. I don't remember the day that you were without clothes or, or in prison. I don't remember any of those things. And this is what he said. Whenever you did it, to the least of these... In fact, the very least important person that you could find in this room. When you did it for them, you did it for me. Isn't that an amazing connection that God makes between our actions and our salvation? Between our heart for him and our love for him displayed in our love for people. How challenging is that? It rocks me to my core, to be honest. But that's the call of the Father to his children, to his sheep. Be these people. Be these people. Connect with me. Connect with each other. And let's see what the Spirit of God might do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have invited us into relationship with you. And God, how often we forget that our relationship with you is displayed in our relationship with people. Lord God, forgive us, Lord, for for the times when we haven't opened our hearts and our homes and our hands to people in need. Forgive us so that we can walk in righteousness before you, Father God, I pray. And help us to do this. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us everything we need in this life. Everything we need, Lord God, to carry out your purpose and your plan to live obedient to your will comes from you and you alone. So Father, I just pray that we will take time over these next few weeks to really walk in your presence, to know who you are, to spend time with you and pick up the heart of God and take it to this world around us. Let's thank you for it now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, what I'm going to do just over the next maybe three or four weeks is just send out a challenge once a week on the email, like the, the database email. If you're in this church and you've never given details and you'd love to just get that, uh, there's a QR code there or you can go online to our website, which is just, if you look up Cornerstone Christian Fellowship NT, you'll find it, to connect in. And you'll get these emails. But there's going to be one challenge a week on hospitality coming through on a Wednesday for you to look at and go, can I do that today? Can I do that today, all right? So if, if, if you'd like to receive that, just go QR code over there and fill out your form and you, you'll go on that list as well. Let's stand and worship the Lord, eh?